and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 26th episode of the podcast for the week of October 22nd, 2018. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our Animal Ambassador of the Week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome professional evolutionary astrologer at Radiant Astrology, Christina Codell, to join me on a discussion for the Scorpio season and the full moon in Taurus. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for only $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. And I will remind you that this is the last uh, chance to enter the giveaway that will be happening for next week's podcast, where Juanita Benedicto from 12th House Readings will be joining me to do an on-air reading where we're going to be combining astrology and tarot in her personal method that she uses. And the members, um, people that are signed up as patrons for my podcast, are able to enter to have an on-air reading. Um, and so the winner will be announced uh, at no- at 9.45 a.m. on Wednesday the 24th at the time of our full moon. So I guess this only applies for half of the, this episode for the week. But if you are a patron or are considering signing up to be one, we'd love to have you. And I encourage you to enter the giveaway because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, So once again, if you want to check that out or sign up to be a patron, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week in the fiery domain of Aries as she waxes her way to a lively full moon in the early degrees of Taurus on Wednesday. Luna now begins her waning cycle and will remain in the fixed sign of the bull until she moves into communicative Gemini on Friday. She will hang out in this airy intellectual domain for most of the weekend before squeaking into the sensitive waters of Cancer late on Sunday. And just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about eight hours. And if you're in Australia or the East, add about 17 hours, basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to each other, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. And well, you know, I think this is going to be a very enlightening week as the sun moves into Scorpio and makes several consciousness-inducing aspects that bring in light for which there was once darkness. Not long after the sun's ingress into the sign of the scorpion do we encounter a potentially shocking full moon in Taurus. 
Venus retrograde also makes it to her halfway point as she touches down to connect with the sun, bringing additional clarity to this retrograde story. We are reaching a dynamic turning point not only for this intense lunar month, but for 2018 in general. So let's not waste any time and dive right in. On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Aries, and she will make a square to Saturn rather early in the day. Also of note, we have Mercury, who will be making a sextile to Pluto on Monday. Um, So let's talk about that first. So basically, Mercury, uh, which rules such things as information, news, uh, learning, communications, uh, our perceptions um, in a more logical and and reason-oriented fashion. We'll be meeting Pluto uh, in a sextile, and sextiles create opportunities or open the door to something. Um, and what is that door opening to? Well, that is Pluto, and that is the lord of our underworld, the, which represents things such as transforming conditions or situations that cause great change or a force that comes in to help purify uh, and is usually based off such things as instinctual emotions. Um, And so with Mercury meeting Pluto here, we have the opportunity to penetrate below the surface and go deeper into our psyches as Mercury and Scorpio sextiles Pluto and Capricorn. So chances are there are some changes afoot that reveal a door leading to the change, and you may hear greater news of that today. It's quite possible that the news can come from a figure of authority, and there may be somewhat of a sharp edge to it as Mercury is currently disposed by Mars in Aquarius. And if you are intellectually challenged with circumstances beyond your control, see in what way you can benefit from the change that is happening. Because perhaps that door is opening for you to communicate the transitions you'd like to see, or at the very least have an internal dialogue with yourself that allows you to step into your personal authority to mentally align with the changes that you seek. So this can be, you know, in relation to the partnerships we keep or those we team up with to combine resources of some sort, uh, for which we will now have the power of persuasion on our side to share with others what we think and see. Um, And so the bottom line for Monday is is that, you know, the sun is reaching the final degree of Libra season, and we are tested in regards to our ability to instigate change in our lives that lead to fairness, equality, and balance. Early on in the day, that square to Saturn can bring some challenges around judgmental processes that can make it hard to interact with others. Um, And outer relationships, and even the one that we keep to ourselves, may be tested um, by what we've learned over the course of the last 30 days. And staying in integrity will be what carries on and continues to cultivate greater harmony for the future. Now, on Tuesday, the moon is still in Aries uh, and will make an early morning sextile to Mars and then a square to Pluto. And so two significant things are happening on Tuesday. Uh, For one, the sun will be moving into Scorpio officially. So Scorpio season is now here. Um, And then right as the sun moves into Scorpio, uh, it will make an opposition to Uranus in Taurus, um, which is very significant for our story this year. Um, Not only just now (laughs) and our full moon that's coming up, which I'll get to in a second, but I think really just the year, you know, things are turning, uh, pages are turning. And so let's talk about the sun moving into Scorpio first, because that will happen before the uh, Uranus opposition takes place. 
And so Scorpio season, you know, now that it's upon us, we are likely to feel the subtle shift as the sun moves into that fixed stillness of the intense water sign. Uh, And with Venus retrograde here and Mercury and Jupiter, you know, we've already been initiated into the energy of the scorpion for some time now. So, you know, we're going to move from that initiating cardinal energy of Libra, which began the process of decay that we, you know, align with fall in general. And now as the nights begin to grow darker, that decay will become fixed in such a way that brings about a period of regeneration. And that's what we know the sun in Scorpio can bring. And so with the sun spotlighting that territory, you know, we're going to be shining a light on the muck that lives beneath so that by the time Sag season rolls around, uh, we'll be able to, you know, enthusiastically carry out that transition, bringing a positive understanding to the necessity of change. But right now we kind of got to shine the light on it and go through it. Um, And this is also a time of year where we can create and destroy in many ways um, and embracing the womb of nothingness from which all life is born. And all that once was, you know, ran its course can now return to that void from which it once came. Hence that kind of creation destruction in the womb, the womb that holds all that is. Um, So stay tuned on more of Sun and Scorpio stuff because Christina and I will be going into it in much more depth later in the program. Now, as far as the sun making an opposition to Uranus, who is currently retrograde, you know, the sun is our vitality. It's our, the life force, that conscious awareness that comes in, and usually what turns a page in our life. Uh, and with an opposition, you know, there's an outside force that may be calling upon us to make a choice or a decision in some way. Or there's a tug of war between two different um, opposing ideas or views, or, you know, it could be warring factions within ourselves. Or it could be something that is out, you know, put to us outside of ourselves. Uh, but the key to it is we can get a bird's eye view of the situation if we meet in the middle. Um, and what are we meeting? Well, we're meeting Uranus, which is the planet of fast and unexpected change. is known as the Great Awakener, uh, where we are, you know, can have a turnaround based on the what we need to free ourselves from and liberate in life so that we can raise that vibration. And so it can create some sudden storms, and especially with the sun there. Um, So, you know, we don't get very far into Scorpio season before a slew of transits test us uh, on this fresh fresh switch of consciousness. And so the very first thing we're going to encounter is our solar light receiving this opposition to Uranus and Taurus. Uh, and since we're less than 24 hours away from the full moon that will be lighting up this very aspect, we can expect that the unexpected is going to be rearing itself into our awareness with events that are probably going to surprise us in some way. Intimate relationships and our interactions with others will most likely contribute to this energy, or you may be the one initiating the shock yourself. It's also quite possible that with Uranus retrograde that the restlessness and freedom-seeking energy will come from the inside, providing us with the light necessary to see what we can no longer sustain. Upsets are likely, yet they are happening to help raise our overall vibration for what is to come. It's likely to be a process to get there, so do what you can to not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yet know that this is likely to be a destabilizing time that highlights what outside influence in our life is in need of liberation. 
And so the bottom line for Tuesday is that today is a turning point. Uh, and it, the, as the sun is cha- makes its change into that metamorphic water, that is Scorpio. And then immediately makes that opposition with the awakening power of Uranus. Uh, And the Aries moon can energize us in such a way that can help to take the reins and pioneer our lives. Or we can choose to get irritated about what we encounter. So the choice is yours. And that midday square to Pluto may elicit an emotional crisis that pushes us through to the other side as the energy builds and increases towards tomorrow's full moon. So Tuesday is likely to be very active in many ways. So you can kind of look at that as much of our turning point this week or, (coughs) excuse me, or what will kick that off. Now on Wednesday is our full moon in Taurus. Um, And the moon will conjunct Uranus, will make an opposition to the sun, which is our full moon, and then make an opposition to Venus retrograde and then a trine to Saturn. So she is quite busy on the day of our full moon. Uh, And the full moon will actually be exact at 7.33 a.m. here on uh, the Pacific coast, which is uh, 10.33 a.m. over on the East coast. And so, uh, of course, we have that full moon that's happening, um, but we also have Venus retrograde, who is going to be making a sextile to Saturn that day as well. Uh, and once again, Venus is about things such as relations and what we value and our personal worth and what we open up to in life and how we cultivate harmony. Um, and that sextile is opening a door to something or creating an opportunity. Uh, and where's that opportunity leading to? Well, that is Saturn. And Saturn is not always an opportunity, but yet it gets a lot of things done in life. It helps us structure, uh, take responsibility, make commitments, uh, take authority over something, or think about the long term and how we can organize or architect our lives in a way that consolidates to think about the future. Um, And so I will combine our Venus retrograde uh, sextile to Saturn in with my little full moon mini report here. Um, And just a little reminder, I post an in-depth article on my astro blog at energeticprinciples.com for you to check out. And Christina will be talking about it later here. And uh, so I'm going to kind of wrap it up a little quick here. Uh, And I will plug, if you're interested in signing up for my Patreon um, or, you know, submitting yourself to next week's online reading, uh, I do have a moon scopes option that is $3 a month and where I post my personal moon horoscopes for the full moon and the new moon every month. So think about checking that out. All right. So like I said, I'm going to keep this a little short because Christine and I will be talking about it later in the program. Um, but, you know, with Uranus... As the signature that I was just talking about, this full moon is a culmination that leads to a liberation that is taking place. Um, And within these potentially shocking scenarios, we will need to find a way to stabilize the energy as the moon in Taurus is essentially looking for that inner peace. In fact, that may be the very goal of this full moon is to find peace by shaking up what is keeping the self from experiencing the inner tranquility we desire. So in order to gain the freedom we seek from rigid circumstances, we must bring that to the light and place it in stillness, examine it for what it is, and find the calm and the quiet, rather than our feelings going around and around in circles and staying fixated on the disruptions that may occur. Emotionally, we are culminating, yet we have the whole lunar cycle to play out the story that is currently unfolding. Um, And 
Hence the beauty of the full moon ruler Venus, who's retrograde and making a stabilizing sextile with Saturn in Capricorn. You know, I think this aspect is em- emphasizing that our opportunity lies in cultivating patience um, and our own inner authority on, you know, how we're directing our lives and what we are trying to stabilize. Um, and with Venus retrograding back to meet the sun to be rebirthed anew, Uh, We are likely to see the story continue to unfold once she meets the sun on Friday on the 26th, and then she will make her own opposition to Uranus on November 1st at the same time of the last quarter moon uh, next week. So get ready for this Venus retrograde story to unravel even more because Venus is our full moon ruler, so she very much plays into the whole dynamic. And so the bottom line for Wednesday is, is that this is likely to be a day that you know, feels quite significant as new understanding permeates our being and looks to find stabilization. We get sudden insight into our changing landscape, and irritation may come from fixed areas of our psyche that are wrestling with the shifting dynamic, with the day having mood-inducing moments. So, you know, if you're a little moody, it's par for the course. But what is getting shaken up plays a key role in our current Venus retrograde cycle, and we may get a bird's eye view that helps to internally solidify what we are, you know, trying to stabilize in our outer world in order to move forward. Um, so there's 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 uh, really a paradox between what is shaking up and what is trying to stabilize with this full moon. So see how you can mold that energy to to help you move forward. Now, on Thursday, uh, the moon is in Taurus still, and we'll make a sextile to Neptune, a square to Mars, and then a trine to Pluto. And there's no aspect going on that day, but all these aspects that I'm talking about are most likely overlapping. So we're going to be feeling them throughout the week. But the bottom line for Thursday is, is that the day starts out a little on the lethargic side, yet within the dreaminess lies a message from the unconscious that is seeking to break through. We are going to be concerned with material matters that we are looking to strengthen, and we'll be working on whatever has already been set in motion. As that Taurus moon likes to stabilize and work on, you know, plot along what has already begun. A midday square to Mars is likely to bring some impatience and irritation, particularly with ideological battles that may get our goat in some way. So let what needs to come out, out, so that whatever outburst takes place can bring insight to the darker matter that lies below, because the moon will then make that stabilizing trine to Pluto, both in Earth signs. Now, on Friday, the moon is in Taurus, but will then move into Gemini around midday here on the Pacific coast. And along the way, she will make her opposition to Mercury and then an opposition to Jupiter. And so of significant note, we have the sun who will be making her... uh, or his conjunction to Venus retrograde, or rather Venus will be retrograding back to meet the sun. Um, But either way, you know, this is adding to our full moon story, and this is adding to our whole lunar story since the new moon uh, began in Libra. Because think about our new moon and our full moon are both uh, represented by Venus. 
And so the sun, once again, that vital force, that turning of a page, you know, where we're getting awareness and consciousness is is conjuncting, uh, which is a new cycle. You know, the energies merge and become one to to birth a a new understanding of sorts. Um, And that understanding is around Venus, who is going back over in a retrograde cycle, our relationships, looking at our self-worth, looking at our self-esteem, looking at what we value and how those might be changed changing in some way, and what we open up to and what we don't open up to and how that might affect uh, our balance in life. And so now that our gal Venus retrogrades into her inferior conjunction with the sun, as I spoke of earlier in relation to the, the full moon energy, you know, this is where she is rebirthed while being engulfed in the sun's flames, moving from the blindness of combustion and into the clarity and light of Kazemi bringing to our consciousness that nugget of awareness that can help put the whole cycle and even previous cycles, such as the fall of 2010, into greater context. Our solar self helps to shed light on our relationships, our values, our worth, and most importantly, what would truly, you know, what we would truly desire to open up to in life. Um, because that is important, you know, what we desire, what we're attracted to, what we want to open up to, that will help draw in so that we can receive what it is that we truly desire. So as her moist nature moves through the heat and dryness of the sun, the old is shriveled up to rebirth anew, you know, changing the guard of the more masculine warrior Venus back into the ultimate feminine archetype of the goddess herself, yet not before reaching a moment of complete and androgynous wholeness while being engulfed in the sun. So pay attention to what attracts you at this time, what is calling to you, and which that which is, you know, you are wanting to receive. Because the muse is likely to speak, and what we sense and want to bring to, you know, into form will be of utmost importance to fully engaging in the benefits of this cycle. So this is a very important day to pay attention to in that regard. And so the bottom line for Friday is, is that it's probably going to be a two-part day um, where we wake up with a sense of clarity as if there is a breakthrough that is taking place as Venus retrograde makes her inferior conjunction with the sun and the moon uh, is disposed by Venus um, and is also in opposition to our other benefic, Jupiter and Scorpio. Um, so, you know, chances are decisiveness is likely to confront us as the action that has preceded this moment has given us much to integrate with different options on the table. And as the moon moves into Gemini around midday, we will have a lot of, you know, we'll have a lot to mull over and we may be weighing our options, going back and forth. And so one minute we may feel one way and the next minute we may feel another way. Uh, So just let that intellectual ping pong take place and see what you can learn in the process. Now, on Saturday, uh, the moon is officially in Gemini and will make a square to Neptune and a trine to Mars. Uh, And so on Saturday, the sun will be making yet another aspect uh, and will be coming in to make a sextile to Saturn. So once again, you know, we're we're turning yet another page and we're getting yet another piece of awareness here uh, with the opportunity to connect with Saturn, which is once again that responsibility, that commitment that uh, inner authority, you know, uh, how we can organize things and consolidate in a way that is has the long term in mind. 
And so the sun now moves into Venus retrogrades place as she had just made a sextile to Saturn at the time of our full moon earlier this week. Um, And Mercury has also already traveled over this point as well back on October 12th. So what comes up is likely to be rooted in these previous transits. And so I have a feeling that there will be kind of a light bulb moment in relation to the self-discipline needed in order to do what we know what must be done. Whether that is on a practical uh, discipline or, you know, an everyday level of discipline, or if it's in regards to a larger endeavor, um, there's going to be a pragmatic and stabilizing force helping to solidify changes in real life. Because even if it's an everyday thing, you know, if even it's a large endeavor, like we have to change things in our everyday life in order to discipline ourselves to reach that end goal. And so this is likely a good time to get, you know, down to business in some way, uh, because our awareness is uh, kind of taking a more keen and shrewd approach now that the sun is in Scorpio, because it has that investigative, you know, get down to business and down to the nitty gritty kind of quality. Um, And so you know what work needs to be done now to kind of benefit you in the long run. And if you are in need of some wise advice, this would be an excellent day to reach out to an authority figure or an elder who may be able to help you out. And so the bottom line for Saturday is, is that today is likely to start off a bit restless with the nervous energy that a Gemini moon can bring. And that square to Neptune may have us trying to escape into our imaginations for most of the day. We may have a little confusion that takes place as we mull over potentially perplexing areas of our lives, yet the trine to Mars and the sun's sextile to Saturn later in the day will help to give us a practical perspective on things. It may take a few days to embrace the opportunity that this stabilizing force can bring, uh, and talking things out with others, particularly our friends, uh, can help provide an organizational framework to wrap our minds and our emotions around which will then open the door to greater awareness. Uh, And so on Sunday, the moon will be in Gemini and make uh, her way into Cancer uh, about later on in the day. Um, And on the way, we'll make a sextile to Uranus and then a trine to Venus retrograde. Uh, And so luckily we have no aspects going on that day because Lord knows we've had enough. (laughs) But the bottom line for Sunday is is that we have another two-part day where we can get some of our to-dos out of the way and use the busy energy of the moon in Gemini to take care of errands and chores. Uh, And then once Luna moves into her domicile of cancer later in the day, we're likely going to want to free ourselves from the week and spend some valuable home time taking a load off and connecting with ourselves more deeply. Find the time to relax and go within, as there may be an opportunity to tap into our emotions in a way that can bring breakthrough. So having a me moment may be just what is called for and will help bring the security that we will all be desiring at this time. Now to wrap it up here, this is likely to be a week that raises our consciousness to the next level in relation to what has run its course and needs liberation from our lives. The changes happening will help to provide greater sustainability and be beneficial in the long run. So have patience with yourself and the process. So now let's look at the cards because they always seem to add a little extra dimension to what I speak of. And so this week I drew the Nine of Cups as the focus and the Queen of Wands as the grounding. And so with the Nine of Cups as the focus, we are very much concerned with the satisfaction that comes from material success, 
comfort, and luxury. And it's quite possible that this week we'll be, we will be envisioning this grand wealth for ourselves. We may be looking at more of a materialistic success than a spiritual one and are likely to have our hearts set on that very wish. And it's possible some of that success may break through this week, or we will be fully assessing what needs to be done now in order to, to get it there in the future, which I find this card so funny because uh, here in California, we have a mega millions billions, I have a lot of money lottery taking place. So <laughs> how perfect for a uh, full moon in Taurus. All right. So now with the queen of wands as the grounding, the key to getting that success for ourselves is by nurturing the creative energy that is taking place. Going forward in a self-assured manner while nurturing our inner fires and what attracts us uh, and having the confidence to energize those ambitions will be key to the cultivation of that success. When the queen of fire shows up, it's key to not make her angry as that can kind of be her downfall at times where she has that kind of Jekyll and Hyde (laughs) that lives inside herself where she can turn into an erratic hothead that, that can bring the wrath and fury if she is tested. So use the energy to motivate your creative energies Uh, in a way that's beneficial and not destructive. So last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the octopus. Now, I don't know what sound an octopus makes or if it makes one at all. However, I do know that they communicate by changing the color of their skin. So our dear cephalopod is encouraging us to practice shape-shifting this week in order to try on alternate appearances and mannerisms on for size. An octopus has skin that contains cells that can produce color, which are known as chromatophore, uh, and they also produce cells that are light reflectors. And so the reflectors capture light, creating reflecting colorful polarized light patterns. And so their eyes can't see true color like we can, but they can see polarized light when it is structured linearly. So in other words, they can rapidly change color to attract mates, warn of danger, distract prey, you know, all those things. And so I find the octopus quite appropriate as we reach a pivotal point in the Venus retrograde cycle. So try on some new ways of carrying yourself, you know, play with your style, alter your demeanor a bit, um, and just experiment with small changes to see how they resonate, as it can be beneficial to do a little dress rehearsal before making a full commitment. And it's not the time for a total overhaul, yet rather an expansion of options in order to see how it feels. We will always truly be what is at our very core. So why not have a little fun exploring different outward expressions in order to adapt to the changing landscape? Because, you know, as they say, I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. So now if you'd like to go deeper with the energies of the week and how that will interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. Um, And it's for novices and pros alike. So basically, I just create a weekly spread that is in line with our astrological placements. And then we combine the cards with, you know, the transits to see how that kind of works uh, for you personally. And I find it quite interesting because then I get to know my chart more, you know, through the symbolism of the cards. I also share a weekly crystal and an inspirational quote and fit it all together in a package of sorts. And so last week we worked on spirit meets matter 
And this week, we are going to be working on full moon fever. So if you want to find out more, uh, you can check out a freebie spread on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Okay, now let's meet our guest. All right, I am so happy to welcome this week's guest, Christina Caudill. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Melissa. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, and I uh, thought of Christina because now we are entering into Scorpio season and we have that full moon in Taurus that we're going to be talking about today. And uh, just she just felt like the right person to have on. So before we get started here, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, I just am so honored to, to know that you sensed my Scorpio moon speaking to you because <laughs> I have a Scorpio moon in the 10th house conjunct the North node and Venus. Um, so it's pretty out there. So, um, as much as I try to hide Mm-mm. Scorpio, it comes through. <laughs> Maybe you're just extra sensitive. Uh, well, <laughs> probably a little bit of both, but yeah, that 10th house, we're going to see it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so, um, my business is radiant astrology. You can find me on radiantastrology.com and, um, a little bit about me. I'm an evolutionary astrologer. Um, and so in evolutionary astrology, we really come from a perspective that the chart is the window to the soul um, and that the chart itself, you know, is not the soul itself. There's actually a living, breathing human, you know, soul incarnate that is actually, you know, the real sort of focus of the astrology when you're like reading someone's, um, you know, when you have a session with someone. So we always um, prioritize the individual and their consciousness, because from what we believe, you don't see consciousness in the chart, but you can tell a lot from the symbols um, about the soul's intention and the potentials in a lifetime. So it's really a beautiful way of using astrology to help people become more empowered. Um, And I think that's really the beauty of modern astrology is we realize that astrology is so incredibly vast and such an amazing tool that we can use it in so many different ways. And, you know, what better way than to go beyond just the fact that life is more than just a bunch of, you know, series of events happening to you, but yet, you know, you have a purpose and you um, have a reason for being here. And that's what the astrology actually helps us to access. Um, And yeah, so let's see. And a little bit about me. I was an art dealer for about 12 years in Atlanta. Um, My husband and I had a um, contemporary art gallery and I happen to be in Atlanta now. Um, I'm about to give a workshop this weekend, although I think this might come out after the workshop I, um, probably i'm like what week are we got this will air on uh, <laughs> the 22nd the 22nd okay so yes. it's um this weekend i'm doing actually a first and hopefully a series of lectures here in atlanta on um the astrology of creativity oh um, yeah Whoa. so looking at the art the charts of artists and looking at sort of this, the creativity signatures in their chart and when they were creating their masterworks 
Oh my gosh. I love it. Cause when you were just uh, speaking of evolutionary astrology and uh, the idea of consciousness behind it, the first thing that popped in my head, and I'm probably going to bastardize the quote <laughs> was, you know, you, life doesn't happen to you. You create it in a sense, like the very creational type of, you know, don't wait for who you're going to be, create who you are instead. So I love how you that's what I thought of when you were saying that. <laughs> yeah. And then when you think of like, you know, Scorpio season yes. is such a great reminder of the cycle of life and death and rebirth, mm-hmm. right? I mean, endings and death are real, but they are there to serve a purpose, you know, in order to open the door to a new cycle and a new phase. So, um, I think it was Liz Green who always reminds us that um, in Scorpio, sort of the, the plutonic realm, eighth house, it's more than just death. It's actually about regeneration as well. So it's as much about regeneration as it is about death and transformation. Yeah, that may, and that makes a lot of sense, and it falls right in with our seasons, because if we think about, you know, uh, we're recording this at the tail end of Libra season, of course, but, you know, Libra is essentially what kicks that, it, um, that us into that phase of equality, but then the night pushes in. And so as we get to Scorpio, it becomes more apparent that, you know, night is falling upon us, um, and hence that kind of regenerative regenerative and uh, decay phase that we go through during Scorpio. And so I, you know, I guess we're kind of entering that right now, um, where we are, you know, it is very much about regeneration and moving through that, what that process might look like for a lot of people. You know, it makes me think of, I recently posted something, I don't know, some kind of like torturous love poem or something like that on my Facebook <laughs> page. And someone said, this is just so misogynistic. Mm. And I thought, hmm, you know, like it wasn't. But um, in a way, like when you think of, you know, maybe misogyny is just too um, extreme in one sense, but what I think is beautiful about Scorpio season is there's something beautiful about the decay process. And yeah. I was speaking about this for this webinar and I realized I had dead roses behind me in a vase <laughs> and they were beautiful. And I said, you know, it's, it's finding the beauty in, um, in the decay and just knowing that in and of itself, you know, there's the flowers have the moment of, of being in a bud and of blooming. And, you know, we think of that bloom as being, you know, something wonderful. That's why we pick it and put it in a vase and and think that that's what a flower is, but it's just as much, you know, the decay and, and, you know, just like all of us, we have those cycles. And like you said, the Scorpio season reminds us of sort of, you know, moving into like we had the, the expression, the full expression of the summer moving into fall and just before we're going into sort of the, the depths of winter. Yes. And it's just, it's a cyclical process. And like you said, you know, people might kind of shy away from it or don't want to look at the dying rose, but like you say, it's like a stage that we're in and it's just part of the natural process of life. And, you know, essentially when we have that, that, that decay that, you know, breaks everything down to get it to, you know, cause when something decays, it literally, you know, especially with the earth, it feeds back into the earth, right? It becomes essentially nothing, but it does have the nutrients within that void to create 
you know, seemingly endless possibilities from that actual, you know, decay when we would let it, let it go. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited. I mean, how are you feeling about, how are you, there's a lot of dynamics going on right now, right? We got our Venus retrograde going on, which is definitely coloring a lot of what's happening and Venus is in Scorpio. So, I mean, what, I mean, what have you noticed Let's talk about Venus retrograde for a second. <laughs> what have you noticed within the cycle right now? What do you think this coming sun, um, who's going to be conjuncting Venus this week, is going to kind of color this Venus retrograde cycle? Wow. Well, you know, as soon as the sun ingresses uh, Scorpio, I mean, it, the Scorpio season will start off with a bang, you know, because it op- opposes Uranus and Taurus, mm-hmm. right? And, um, just kind of looking at the chart here. Not only that, but there it'll square the nodes, the lunar nodes yes. in Leo and Aquarius. So there we have a fixed cross. And, you know, I think it was Anne Ortley that I had heard say, anytime you have any kind of a cross, um, it's like there's someone who will have a sense of being nailed to the cross, kind of like Jesus on the cross, like being persecuted in that way. And I, I definitely do see that usually as some kind of big theme with these kind of um, signatures. And with it being with the nodes, you know, the nodes are about our, in at least evolutionary astrology, about our collective evolutionary growth, mm. right? So um, it's like the path of growth and they need balance. Um, so we have like the Leo North node, which is about, I've seen it being about our creativity and our, and also things like fame and the dark side of fame. You know, how can these be helpful right now? Everybody has their 15 minutes of fame as, as Andy Warhol <laughs> so famously <laughs> predicted, but is that there to serve something? That's the South mm. node in Aquarius has to be serving a higher purpose. Otherwise it's just reality TV stars as powerful people. Well, that reminds me, Christina, of, uh, you know, Taylor Swift just recently coming out and saying something and, you know, speaking to young people politically and how people are like, how they think she might turn states just by this figure, you know? Yeah. And then the backlash with that too, because the conservative people, you know, I'm sure in some ways she may feel nailed to the cross by, you know, certain people that say, well, who are you to be influencing people with their, you know, blah, 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 political. So that's who are they? (laughs) Right, exactly. You ain't nobody, come on. We all have a a view to share. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that, we may see something like that because it's, you know, Uranus opposite the sun right in Scorpio. So the Scorpio-Taurus axis Axis, um, Taurus is about where we feel safe and secure, or where we even cling to security. And the opposition of Scorpio is having to move beyond that, is moving beyond where you feel safe in order to grow, to taking risks, going into the danger. You know, and Leo also has to do with risk. Um, so this whole sort of fixed cross has to do with risk versus safety versus purpose versus um, your, you know, the collective growth. So yeah, that, that actually sounds like a very good type of situation. We may see someone taking it upon themselves and maybe a woman, because we have a lot happening here with moon and everything and cancer. And we, 
you know, want to see some kind of a breakthrough of um, our paradigm currently, you know, and that's what Uranus represents. So as soon as the sun enters, you know, the depths of Scorpio, which ultimately is about truth, truth seeking and truth telling, right? With Because we've also got Jupiter and um, Mercury still in Scorpio, that there's going to be some you know, truth revelations, things like that. And it may have to do with our very security with that Uranus and Taurus, you know? I mean, they say, I think the financial markets recently had, they've just been up and down a lot lately. And I think we may see some kind of shifts like that too with this, you know, Uranus Um, activity. Yes, that is a good point there. (laughs) Especially, you know, since Taurus does get in that financial uh, realm, that, you know, and we have this upcoming full moon with the moon conjunct Uranus and essentially there's going to be, you know, some surprises on the table, but ultimately a sense of liberation um, that is trying to come forth in many ways. And I'm not sure that it will happen right away, even though like usually Uranus is like, mm, you know, uh, yeah, click and it's done. And you're like, ah, what's going on? Um, but I think that as we have this full moon, who's going, you know, the first, the sun is going to oppose Uranus and kind of give us that awareness of what may need to be shaken up in in our life to get greater security. Because essentially with the sun in Scorpio, we are gaining awareness around emotional, fixed emotional matters. And a lot of times our fixed emotions can keep, can keep us in this false sense of security, I think. Yes. yes. And, and so I'm wondering if part of this full moon that's coming up is trying to release us from these patterns so that we can find greater peace because Taurus wants peace too. And so does Venus. Um, and then, so basically the sun is going to pose Uranus and then Venus is going to retrograde over to conjunct the sun and then eventually oppose Uranus herself on the last quarter phase of the moon, uh, funny enough. So I'm thinking on Halloween actually, I, is it right, uh, right up in there? Oh yeah. yeah October 31st from uh, what I see, October 30th and 31st, it looks like Venus is at zero Scorpio. Yeah, so we're, I, I'm seeing a pattern here, especially since our new moon started with that sun-moon uh, Pluto square from, uh, and right when Venus went retrograde. Um, and so, yeah, I feel this lunar month is really playing out a lot um, to be regenerated uh, through all those different means of, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, well, you know, you were asking about uh, Venus retrograde, yes. sort of like, what have I seen from it? I a few things I've noticed sort of generally um, when we had the Mars retrograde of the summer, that was when a lot of the stuff with like Harvey Weinstein was blowing up and he was being totally, you know, like it seemed like everybody was on the same page. He was a bad guy. He needs to go to jail. You know, everyone's telling their stories. And, and so the Mars was sort of like back on his heels, you know, he, he wasn't having any sort of strength or force. And then as soon as Venus entered her retrograde shadow, what I noticed was that's when the Me Too movement, like the women started like fighting each other, you know, it became like, like friendly fire, you know, it's like, hello, we're supposed to be on 
the same side. Same. Why are we like? <laughs> and then now they're saying, oh, well, I, I don't know if it was Rose was going with like, well, me too is worthless and blah, 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 blah. And everybody's like jumping ship and everything. Or the him too, isn't that a thing? No, oh, him too. I'm not yeah. even up on the, on the list. <laughs> I know. It was, it was some mom who embarrassed her poor uh, military son by posting, you know, like, he's a good boy. What about him too? And, and he had to come out and be like, uh, yes, that's my mom. <laughs> her account. I'm fully with you women. And it was, it was just this funny little, yeah, the, he, yeah, he got totally blown up by his mom. <laughs> he was like, what about my sweet boy? Um, and so I thought that was funny, but anyways, <laughs> continue. Well, at least he came out in support of his mom. So there. Yes. Know, well, in support of women, because he didn't want the women out there. He's like, mom, you're doing me no favors. If you're, <laughs> you know, in a roundabout way. So right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's kind of like, you know, when we see these movements, like, um, <clears throat> I want to say it was back when, um, the Parkland kids, um, you know, in Florida, I remember there was that mm-hmm. terrible shooting and they immediately came out and were like, you know, more guns is going to be the last time this happened. We're going to like, you know, uh, lobby and, and fight the NRA, blah, blah, blah. And they had so much power behind them. And then that seemed more like a Jupiter thing because when Jupiter went retrograde, then all of a sudden they started having to deal with their trauma that they hadn't been dealing with or, you know, they had to pull back. Some of them were saying, this is taking too long. You know, we're never going to do it now. You know, they lost their kind of confidence. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, something needed to solidify within them that, that, uh, conviction really needed to solidify because it's not just about having the force and keeping, you know, keep going forward. At some point you have to deepen. That's anytime the retrograde planets happen to us, you know, in these sort of these realms of our lives, then that's an opportunity to really take things internally, um, deepen it within us and deepen our conviction um, so that then when we move forward again with these planets, you know, we're in a whole new phase of our conviction or where we've decided we want to go. So with, you know, Venus, this is going to be a long 40 days. Feels <laughs> 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 like it's, so many people have said that it, they felt it starting with the shadow. Because I usually am like, oh, free shadow, whatever that's... But I think it's so early. I agree. By now, a lot of people are kind of like, we're, you know, wary, weary, mm-hmm. not a weary of, you know, a lot of this dark Venus retrograde stuff. But it is really meant to, like you said, to help us um, to really look deeply within ourselves. And ultimately, again, that's about the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and when there is decay or lies or betrayal or abandonment or whatever, that's because there was some truth that hadn't been acknowledged. Mm. Well, mm, okay. I like where you're going with this, this deepening because essentially Scorpio it has incredible depth, right? Um, so much so that we don't even realize it's there. That's why people are like, you know, Scorpio energy, you know, you got the Scorpio moon, I got the Scorpio rising, you know, there's an intensity that lives there. Like people might not even be able to see it up, you know, like understand what it is, but they, they can sense it. They understand that it's there. And it's because it's like this iceberg theory where, you know, you see the tip of it perhaps, <laughs> um, but below there's so much that is there. And so I'm wondering if part of this process has to do with going, you know, to those depths, and especially with uh, this upcoming full moon and being opposed by uh, Uranus, 
Um, you know, what can we bring? So much lives down there. And then and we operate from these, you know, emotional uh, fixed points, essentially, because Scorpio is a fixed um, uh, uh, water energy. And so as they say, still waters run deep. Um, and they do, but sometimes we have to dig within those depths and shine that light. And I think that part of that is Venus is going through that right now, being in Scorpio and having to dig deep. And like you said, you know, look at those lies, look at those betrayals, look at those things that are deep within, um, that may need to be acknowledged and transmuted in some way so that we can have that period of regeneration. Mm-hmm. Or at least I hope. Yeah. <laughs> and then, because then, and it's interesting, the sort of journey of Venus going from Libra to Scorpio, back into Libra, mm. back into Scorpio. I mean, because the Libra, Venus, you know, rules Libra, and this is where she wants harmony, she wants, you know, everything to be pleasant, um, and that can be very surfacey. Um, and it can serve a purpose, because, you know, we all want a nice day, we're being nice to each other, and da, da, da. But if it's not, you know, if there's hatred underneath there, if there is resentment, if there is just like, you know, I, I just can't stand you or you did something terrible to me or I can never forgive that, or, you know, then I think the, you know, Scorpio retrograde, Venus retrograde in Scorpio is helping us to sort of release some of this, um, you know, maybe it's anger or resentment that we didn't realize we had, or maybe it's just been festering for so long because, you know, Scorpio is also co-ruled by Mars. And I do think that there is some rage and anger in there um, because of that. So it's like we, I've seen in my own life, like in my own life, um, that, you know, some reminders of how much this buried anger or resentment over years, because anytime you're dealing with Scorpio or Pluto or eighth house stuff, it's your, your issues that have been going on for a long time. You know, it's not new and it's usually not easily resolved. It's something that you have to sort of, um, go through some kind of internal metamorphosis. That's why I can feel so uncomfortable because we all have a part of ourselves that we just maybe don't even accept ourselves. We reject parts of ourselves. And then once we see them reflected in other people, then we start like, that's where we have that extreme attraction repulsion with people. That's very scorpionic. And that all has to do with how we've been working on our own shadow and what we see in there. Yeah. And then, you know, that plays into Libra and Scorpio energy both because essentially it is mirroring out to the other for, for different purposes. Um, and so it very, we are very much in, you know, a relationship transit <laughs> to some extent. Um, and it's about to go deeper and it, you know, it is that relationship to others and what we get mirrored back to help understand, you know, how we operate in many ways. Um, and then in turn, we get to work on a relationship with ourselves through that understanding. Um, and it's very much a Venusian, you know, not only is Venus retrograde, clearly, <laughs> we're all feeling it, um, but this lunar cycle is a rather intense one and it is, it is set up to, uh, you know, highlight Venus twice because our new moon in Libra Obviously, we have that Venus retrograde just freshly off our station. Uh, and then this full moon in Taurus is going to highlight, you know, the nighttime domicile of, of Venus as well. So we have two, two lunations right in a row that are A, powerful, and B, you know, essentially coming back to be represented by this Venus retrograde cycle. Mm-hmm. And I'm just noticing at that full moon, 
uh, Venus's sextile Saturn, mm-hmm. which I think can be can be positive in, you know, Venus in Scorpio wants to be real. You know, it's like in Libra, she's again, she doesn't want to rock the boat, but in Scorpio, it's just like, you know what, I'm done with, uh, I don't care about rocking the boat. I'll, I'll turn it over. I'll capsize it if I have to, if it means being real. But with this sextile to Saturn, I would see that as, you know, saying what needs to be said, making what adjustments needs to be made in relationships, but doing it from a place of responsibility and maturity, maybe. Um, yes. Because we have get, the opportunity to, since we have that yeah. sextile, because it's not always guaranteed, but there's the opportunity to do so. Yeah. So yeah. it's a great, so it's great to be able to see the symbols to say, okay, I have this potential support here from Saturn. Um, where, you know, maybe I don't have to boil anybody's bunny to get my point across. <laughs> <laughs> Save the bunnies, people. Leave them, leave them out of it. Um, no, I think you're absolutely right about that. Because if we think about Saturn um, in Capricorn alone, you know, Saturn holds a lot of dignity there. So he's doing his job. He doesn't have to look to anybody else to do so. Um, and I think with that sextile from Venus, I think it is also reinforcing what you were saying about maturity. Um, and, but also with maturity comes usually uh, patience <laughs> with other people, with the process, with what we have to process. You know, Cause that's why things going here. Cause I keep seeing the, you know, yeah, we, we have this kind of electric full moon. Um, but then we still have aspects that are going to carry on in the coming days after it all the way to last quarter. So I think this is a patient process as we uh, are freeing ourselves from some type of, um, you know, thing that weighs us down, particularly emotionally, or that has done so for a long time, like you're saying, these fixed, um, you know, this doesn't happen overnight. These are things that are really, you know, can go back to childhood type Mm -hmm. of thing. And even though, you know, we've got that into obviously with the moon and Uranus is going to want some kind of either liberation. And, you know, this is the thing is Uranus in Taurus. I mean, that's going to be a very important signature for this lunation. And it can go, I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be like total survival anxiety meltdown. I mean, it can also be, like you said, a liberation. I've seen people that have been um, stuck in certain areas of their lives, like their Taurus house area. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Uranus came in there, it's like that whole house just sort of just said, I'm not being stuck anymore. You know, people like letting go of um, areas in their lives where they felt like not being sustained, not feeling safe, not getting appreciation, not, you know, whatever it is that, and a lot of it can have to do with uh, self-worth issues. You know, are you giving your power away and is that affecting your self-worth? Um, those types of things. And so in some ways it can be very a beautiful release, like a shackles off in some way. Mm. Oh, I love that. Especially for the Taurus full moon, but also for this Venus retrograde cycle, because essentially we are pulling back and going within uh, to evaluate those things, you know, because Venus has to do with uh, our worth and what we value. Do we value ourselves and our time and our energy uh, and our emotional well-being, you know? Um, 
and how, how do we go forward to facilitate a more sustainable response to that? Because that's essentially Taurus, you know, looks for that sustainability. And that's why when it has something that's doing the job, it will stay there. <laughs> and it was like, okay, I got this. This works for me. Um, and yeah. yeah. And well, one thing I wanted to say with Uranus and Taurus, sure. another thing I've been observing is, you know, Taurus can also be the great procrastinator, mm. but Uranus coming in there has helped. I, I've seen it's helped many people to see that, it's time to stop procrastinating. You know, it's kind of just like, maybe it's a person who, I don't know, like never set up a website or a Patreon or a, yeah, let's say, let's use Patreon for the example. <laughs> that's something I need to set up too. Oh. But it's like, yeah, cause the money thing or the, yeah. and it, and it being something that's, um, you know, can help to sort of accelerate your survival or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now people are, this can be a time to say, you know, it's time that I invest in myself, invest in my future, um, and not procrastinate in that area of my life that I have been so slow to develop, but I know that it can help me with my sustainability in my life. So that's one potential. You know, what just occurred to me, Christina, is I'm pretty sure that I set my Patreon up when Uranus went into Taurus, like the week that it went out, <laughs> it, but I had had done so because it was right after that new moon in uh, Aries back in in um, April, and so <laughs> that's funny. Yes, so, yes, no more. Yeah, let's let's get that procrastination out of there because Taurus is slow moving, right? And you know, kind of has that turtle. Like I have a, my significant other has a Taurus moon, and sometimes my my Gemini Mars is just like. Can we can go go? I'm like pushing, pushing. <laughs> like, come on, move faster. Um, uh, My husband has a, um, a Mars and Taurus, so I know. Exactly oh, okay. About. And he's, you know, he's very thorough. But mm-hmm. getting him to just like sort of get started, like get the initiate, you know, initiative going, that is really hard. But I have noticed that since Uranus has been in Taurus, even though it's still, uh, you know, out of orbit of his. Mars yet, but he has had to be more quick on his feet and more nimble, which is not something he's known for being. <laughs> yeah, and that well, that uh, but plays into Uranus and Taurus, and just in general. Like I think it was Austin Kopak said that he's like uh, with Uranus and Aries. You know, we're essentially ready for the battle. Like with something unexpected arise, we're ready. You know, <laughs> but with Taurus, um, he was likening it to us being uh, a you know shocked by in our beds asleep yeah i remember that i thought that that was great he said something like if it's like it's one thing if there's like a loud crash and you're like in a busy office or something and there's a lot going on but it's one thing if you're yeah comfortable in your bed and suddenly there's like a loud crash or something because yeah it's just like oh god you know you still have to take care of that crash are you still getting yeah um you know, so that's why I think, you know, when we look at our, the Taurus part of our chart, and if we're just taking it, you know, from sort of a self perspective, and then we can see, you know, this is an area where I, I seek safety, I seek peace, I seek uh, continuity. Uranus is calling for um, some kind of acceleration in growth. And with Uranus, sometimes it can feel like it's growth that's just too fast right now. We can't keep up with it. That's why yours can sometimes be associated with trauma because it can be experiences that even the psyche can't always process right away. Um, But when we can sort of see it coming and we can see it in our chart and we can say, I got to go with it. You know, I just recently had Uranus 
actually, it's going to happen the third time going back and forth over my IC. Mm. And um, last summer, I moved three times right when it was going, over, and there's nothing I could do about it. And I didn't want to be doing it because my progressed moon is in Taurus. So I really didn't want to oh. be moving. <laughs> yeah. But I knew there was just no resisting it. And the more, you know, I would resist it, the more painful that would be. So I just knew this is good for me. Let me see some excitement in it. You know, maybe it can be fun and da 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 and try to convince myself of that. But there's no arguing and there's no stopping Uranus, basically. That's interesting that you say that because uh when your Uranus had conjuncted my IC, this was many moons ago, <laughs> back in like 2000, it was, that's when I moved from Florida to uh, California on a whim, on a whim. Within like a month's time, I dropped out of college. I was almost done <laughs> and then just moved to California. Um, and I had only been there once for like a couple days. And that was, that was just it, what did it. But, uh, you know, so that happened in Aquarius. So if we think about the Aquarius uh, IC versus this Taurus IC point, you know, where you're like, I, you know, I know this is good, but I don't, I don't really necessarily want to do it where I'm like, oh, throw everything, you know, to the wind and like, just go for it. And so that's kind of funny. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I've just um, learned to, that's the thing about like with Uranus is, you have to, if you can, if it's possible, welcome the change, welcome the acceleration. And really, it's, that's really the ultimate planet of evolution. Evolution meaning, you know, it's good for our growth. And then we have this opposition with um, the Scorpio, all the Scorpio signatures happening. And, you know, Jeffrey Wolf Green makes the distinction between like transformation versus metamorphosis and Scorpio is true metamorphosis because the metamorphosis of Scorpio is like, you know, the, the Phoenix rising from the ashes. So it's not like just changing, you know, or getting better or whatever. It's like a, just a complete, a complete change, a soul change. That's why we consider Scorpio Pluto being symbols of the soul. You know, it's like, I think of this period with uh, Scorpio season as not just, um, you know, like we think of spring cleaning in the spring. This is like soul cleaning, you know, <laughs> this is yeah. like. It's a different type of cleaning, <laughs> deep down, <laughs> deep down. And you know, at first when you clean something deeply, things become a mess at first, you know. Oh, like, I know. And then, but you, and then, uh, that's so funny, Christina, because whenever we know that when we want to clean something then we have to like rearrange and then you look around and it looks 20 times worse than what it did when you started and there's always that moment where you have to like push yourself to continue you like it's almost I well maybe that's just me like I'll look around and I'll almost want to give up at that point but I know that it's going to be so much better if I just keep going and get it all arranged um so maybe that's kind of part of what we're, what we'll be going through now. Yeah. And there's kind of no getting away from it because, you know, the guck and the muck of the Scorpio season is, it's like, we realize, you know, kind of like with the whole me too thing, it's like, oh my God, this has been going on for so long. It's so widespread. It's been right in front of our noses, but we let ourselves push it aside. We let ourselves, you know, 
and women, we all conspired into it as well. You know, like, oh, yeah, don't let that boys will be boys. And, you know, you need to keep your mouth shut because of your career and blah, 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 whatever. And that just allowed all this festering to happen, Yeah, you know, even more. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not into victim blaming at all, but I'm just saying it helps to, especially with the urine, I mean, the Jupiter and Scorpio helping to sort of just be like a Pandora's box where we can actually see and prioritize this issue. Cause it's like, you know what, we've put it on the back burner for so long. There's no ignoring it now. So this is a time where we, you know, start dealing with issues that are really actually, um, so significant to our survival and to our growth. Mm, Yes, that's a very good point because essentially we are unpacking those things right now and we are cleaning that house and it looks a mess and we, you know, we haven't approached that yet because A, the timing wasn't right. Clearly this Jupiter and Scorpio and with Uranus moving into Taurus, you know, these are uh, highlighting some uh, significant kind of feminine signatures that can help bring this, you know, uprising essentially that's coming to play. Um, so, but yes, like you said, we have, it's, it's going to be a mess before it's sorted out. We're going to be vulnerable. That's, you know, Scorpio doesn't necessarily like to be vulnerable. No, no, (laughs) it'll protect itself. However way shape possible. Um, and sometimes in ways that are rather unsavory because, you know, I mean, you probably know this with the Scorpio moon and my Scorpio ascendant. Have you ever said something that to, you know, to you is like, whatever, but you go straight to the heart of another person? Like, mm, it just, probably all the time. But <laughs> well, we've used it for good <laughs> now. Um, but, you know, in my youth, sometimes I would just have a, like a quick little, you know, scorpion stinger that comes out. And I was just kind of like playfully like, hey, but you know, those will really be taken to heart from people. And essentially that's just was my own defense mechanism. Like don't mess with me, you know, like this is what you're going to get type of thing. Um, and so that really exists when Scorpio comes around too. those type of lower vibrations. Yeah. And like, you know, I see Scorpio, um, as our fears a lot. Now I've heard, you know, astrologers talk about Saturn being our fears and I'm sure there's, I'm, there's fear all over the place in the chart. Oh, the place. <laughs> as there is joy, as there is whatever. But yes. um, I see it as, you know, obviously with Scorpio, there's this need to deeply bond almost to, you know, like when people think of like a twin soul or twins, but, you know, you're bonding at a soul level. It's that which shapes us, you know, it's that which, you know, changes us. As we said, like the, the, phoenix from the ashes or the butterfly from the caterpillar but um there's also that fear you know because it's the fear of going into the unknown and um it's and we also see it in relationships as i said fear of abandonment fear of betrayal um rejecting others before they have a chance to reject us because Uh. we're so afraid of of being vulnerable yeah um that's why i think this venus retrograde can be especially uncomfortable is because she's going to have to go through that, that vulnerable space. I mean, you know, is it better to just reject everybody at the, the hint that you'll be rejected or do you really allow yourself to be vulnerable so that you can open up to real true deep connection? And actually I've been noticing that ever since Venus has been retrograde in Scorpio, I've been getting a lot of clients and, and seeing people talk about this whole 
the whole twin flame kind of thing. And it's like, it seems like you don't know someone is your twin flame until you've broken off with them. You know, <laughs> Then it's like that pain is so deep. It's like, it, it feels like eternal. It feels like ancient. It feels like a, a rip to your soul that then people say, oh, this isn't just a regular love. This was a twin flame thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, you know, I'm no expert on, on twin flames or twin souls, but um, it's just that, you know, that yearning of the soul, the, the pain from the soul. And that's what we really need to experience in Venus retrograde, because then that can take us to what do I really need to feel fully nurtured and fully supported and, and fully con- deeply connected to someone. Mm, um, yeah. Because, I mean, Scorpio essentially is looking to merge. You know, most water signs are. Like, water merges with, you know, what what's around it. <laughs> um, and that Scorpio energy is looking for that same thing, in, in a sense. Um, and so, that's why it's associated with things like sex or, or death, you know, because both are essentially mergers that are vehicles for some type of change in our life, you know, because once you go into a sexual relationship with another person, um, you know, you you essentially bond in a way that is not, you can't come back from. And the same with death, it's the same type of thing. And, you know, we die little deaths every day, <laughs> as they say, but it's, and so we're merging here. Um, and I think that a lot of what, uh, to play off of what you're saying, um, you know, when the sun, when Venus retrograde comes to do her inferior conjunction with the sun this week, um, or the week that this airs, uh, I think we're going to get a, a lot of awareness about some things we were just talking about and the vulnerabilities that lie there and how, you know, what we need to do to move forward in those areas, which we'll be processing through the rest of the Venus retrograde to some extent. Um, Awareness, there's going to be a spotlight driven on all these things that we're kind of talking about right now. You know, and it's interesting because um, I had just recently posted that um, I met my husband, my now husband, during Venus retrograde in Scorpio. It was in 2002. Um, yeah, and it was just after the conjunction with the sun. And I posted that and I was like, because, you know, I, I, I actually literally saw some astrologers saying, you know, especially after the Venus conjunction with the sun, uh, Venus retrograde, you know, don't go on any dates, don't have sex with anybody, blah, blah, blah. This is, you know, this is Venus is in her most poisonous and like dark and blah, blah, blah. And even though that, that sounds kind of like, Ooh, it, <laughs> I mean, you're just tempting point, the Scorpio now. <laughs> <laughs> there's a point where astrology can just be, you know, it can be ridiculous when we aren't looking at actual you know, ob- we're not observing how these symbols happen in our lives. And when I had posted that, um, I had a few other women who have been in long term, I'm talking more than a decade relationships mm-hmm. with loves of their life. And they all realized they met during a Venus retrograde in Scorpio. Now I'm not saying, you know, go out and find the love of your life right now, because all of these, these are pre-match.com, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-Tinder. Pre-Tinder, yeah. yeah. Now the game might change with Tinder yeah. coming in the picture. I don't know. But um, I know with mine, it was kind of like, I remember feeling like I'm just done with all the superficial stuff. I was really ready to find somebody. Now, it took me a while to decide he was the one, you know, like, because I, I wasn't sure I didn't quite want to trust it. You know, I wasn't saying you know, this is the time that I'm going to like find the love of my life. I mean, 
you know, it was before I knew astrology, but I, something in me was calling out for a soulmate. And this was a similar thing that I've heard from other people um, that the Scorpio, Venus and Scorpio can take us to extremes, this extreme hunger for connection, this extreme hunger for desire. And also, like you said, it's like when we've bonded with someone and, you know, that relationship maybe no longer, that can feel like a death. And there are really all types of, you know, like a divorce is like a death to many people. Yeah. Um, and we have to honor and and respect those endings because in every ending is a seed for the next cycle. And if, you know, we can't just skip over the ending, you know, the ending death part. Um, we have to honor it and acknowledge it. And that could be a really good sort of ritual for this, um, this uh, full moon in Taurus, because it's like ritualizing that you are releasing something that you no longer need you know, the shamans often say that you thank the, um, you know, the gods for whatever was brought into your life, even if it was painful, mm-hmm. even if you don't understand the lesson yet, because in that way, having that gratitude helps you to release. And then only when you have expressed gratitude, um, can you then call in something new, call in that what you really want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think this is, it's a really shamanic time, the Scorpio season. And so it's a perfect time to be doing rituals and magic and things like that. Yeah. No, and that makes a lot of sense because um, when I talked with Kelly Surtees a few episodes ago, I had brought up um, the Venus retrograde cycle within the views of the um, Mesoamericans um, way back in the day and how they viewed uh, Venus as when she was turning retrograde she was in her more ma- masculine state that's when she was her male warrior fiery you know and then once she made it that conjunction to the sun and was in you know engulfed by the flames of the combustion of the sun like you're saying there's a rebirth that happens there and um she is you know c- cleansed in a way that she can be reborn in her ultimate female uh incarnation and i thought that was just beautiful within you know especially within our women's movement that is going on here but just as you're saying it's the same type of thing like we are going into that void we're going into this very creative empty space to basically be re- rebirthed up and out of it and you know to liken back to what you said uh, earlier about meeting your husband back then and, you know, I've been Venus retrograde cycle and essentially you were asking, or essentially you were saying, you know, you haven't figured out if you've quite trusted it yet. And, you know, that's the thing with Scorpio too, is we develop that trust, um, emotional trust in something. And I think that might be coming into play here as well, because if we don't trust and we're suspicious, which is very Scorpio (laughs) type of thing too, you know, how can we fully give? How can we fully merge? How can we, you know, be vulnerable enough to go after what we want in life um, unless we trust in the process? So I feel like we're kind of back to that, maybe that sextile with Saturn again to some extent. With that. Yeah, and it's funny because that's actually sort of the central idea to the workshop I'm giving this weekend, which is on, like I said, on creativity, that looking at a lot of these uh, charts of, of artists, of fine artists, what they really had in common is they trusted themselves. I mean, even if they weren't getting the feedback from everybody saying you're great, you're wonderful, 
you know, to develop themselves. They trusted their creative instinct. They trusted themselves. And I see so many people that that is really just, they're in agony because they don't feel like they're living their potential. And the only thing getting in the way with that is trusting their own creativity, you know, trusting that what they're doing that feels like purposeful for them is really their purpose. You know, it's like waiting for everyone else to tell you, you're great, you're wonderful, here's a check for a million dollars. You know, (laughs) I mean, that, you know, if you can really, trust means having that alignment, that internal alignment, regardless of what really, you know, society or, or the outer world is really giving to you. You know, you have to be able to go um, and to move forward with your own sort of, and it's even beyond just confidence. Um, it's just, like you said, it's really that simple internal trust. Yeah. With mm-hmm. Trust with yourself. And so that's a hard thing to, you know, for some people, including myself, I'm guilty in that department. You know, every day I work harder to trust my own impulses and my, you know, my own direction in many ways, because like you're saying, you can't wait for that outside because this is here with the Scorpio because, you know, you're still looking for that reflection in the other, but you can't necessarily always wait for that because you might not, you might not get it or you might get it in a way that ends up discouraging you and then you distrust yourself in many ways or what it is that you're sensing or feeling inside. And that can cause, you know, a lot of, that can cause a lot of internal angst, you know, because we're talking about kind of things that lie within us. Um, or to liken back to that full moon, and we're talking about Taurus, that idea of procrastination, because if we're not getting our, uh, you know, that response that we'd like when essentially we're the one who has to kind of cultivate that trust. Um, we might. And even when, you know, oh, I'm sorry. No, but and even in like love relationships, it was making me think of, you know, the Taurus. Yeah. Scorpio, Taurus Scorpio is the, the sort of pleasure axis um, and the intimacy axis too. Mm-hmm. I see it as because, you know, if you're just in Venus and Scorpio, we have all the Scorpio happening, you know, that can just really be this, this insatiable need for another to fulfill us. Yeah. Um, whereas really the lesson between these two archetypes is to have a balance where, you know, you come back to Taurus is myself, my self-sufficiency, self-love and self-worth. And you have to have that, you know, otherwise you're just having two empty souls creating like a black hole together, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's not what love is. I mean, that's not what true connection is. A true connection would be two people who are, you know, solid in themselves enough so that they're not closed off opening up to another one, but they're opening up to another for, you know, what one another can bring to their lives. So there's really needing to have that healthy, fertile sense of self-worth in order to then open up to connection with another, to true connection. So that's why, you know, I get, once I hear, start hearing people talk about things like twin flames and twin souls, I first start to ask, what makes you think it's that that twin flame thing because sometimes I see not all the time but sometimes I see it as an excuse to accept abuse or mistreatment or disrespect or something like that you know because you're just so inexplicably drawn to another person believe me I know what that's like you know when it feels like a fast life connection but um, if it's this addiction to drama or addiction to abuse or something like that that's where I feel like you lost yourself 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we can always come back to ourselves and to refine our sense of self worth. Mm, I love that, Christina. That's per. That is perfect. That is that goes very well. I'm not even going to touch it because I like <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, and I think that is kind of maybe where Uranus might be shaking us up a little bit because you know we we need to look at these things. We got to under understand them and begin to embody it. Uh, and that's what I think a lot of this Venus retrograde cycle is about. We have to have these motions that are going to take us to that metamorphosis that we are going to be, you know, embarking upon down the road here as Scorpio season progresses. Because like you said, we get in Scorpio season, we have this full moon right away. So it's like, wham, bam, thank you. You know, we're, we're in it. Uh, but there's still a lot to process and go through and work our way through this cycle. So, um, so give yourself time as you, as you, you know, maneuver, through all this. Um, now I find it very interesting, uh, that, that, you know, I mean, what do you think of, uh, get a little political here for a second, you know, the fact that we have the polls coming up and we have elections coming up and I was just thinking about elections in general, how they're always in Scorpio season. Um, (laughs) and how like essentially there's always that, that changing dynamic that, that goes on and that ruthlessness that happens like right before when everybody's trying to, you know, say their positions and we thought we've seen real ruthlessness before but i and we as much as we think it can't get any worse it seems to just keep getting worse when it comes to no um oh, it's very interesting that actually on november 6th on election day uh the moon will be very close in approaching a conjunction with venus retrograde and that's and i i really and think that venus the- will still uh-huh. be opposite uranus so at that point on the 6th? Yeah, it'll be like two degrees from Uranus. And and the moon will be conjuncting it. So, yeah, so there will be a Venus. Yes. I mean, it'll be out. Oh, no, it will be in sign. Uranus will be back into Aries and Venus will be in Libra. So that could be a game changer in some way. You know, that um, anytime we have an opposition of Uranus, I think it's like you know, rebellion, rebellion of yeah. the feminine, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's, maybe there won't be a blue wave. Maybe there'll be a pink wave. A pink <laughs> wave. We need the women's party. Um, <laughs> I don't think is women's color anymore. No, no, I'm so old. Like, I, <laughs> no, I hear you. Not PC, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what's, what's, uh, pink and pink and blue don't even make necessarily a color together. Do they? <laughs> I'm like trying to like merge the lavender? two. <laughs> La- lavender wave. That's actually my favorite color as a kid. So I'll take that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really think that I think women are going to show up at, at the polls this, this time around, um, based on what, you know, we've seen, because it's interesting. I was reading somewhere about, I can't remember where I was reading. It was just, just talking about how, you know, cause Scorpio can create some chaos, you know, there's like a chaotic energy to it. Um, but it's still fixed though. So it, chaos that essentially makes, remains things to be unchanged. And so I think, I thought that I thought of the Kavanaugh, you know, whole thing right away because, you know, that the day that they were having those hearings, uh, the start of the hearing was Venus retrograde was exactly, or Venus was not retrograde yet, but about the station, I believe, and it was exactly on the ascendant. So it was very much a signature of this process. But after I read that, I was like, oh, no wonder, you know, it created all this chaos, but essentially he still was put on the bench, you know? It's I think still- everybody knew from the beginning he probably still would be 
And I, mm-hmm. to me, that's why it made Dr. Ford's testimony just even more powerful because she knew she was going to be thrown to the wolves, mm. but, and probably nothing would come out of it, but she did it anyway. Yeah. Um, and if anything, you know, the, one of the reasons why they didn't want Kavanaugh as that seat um, obviously he was a horrible human being, but, um, he, you know, I, I think, you know, cause he's a very staunch anti-abortionist. Um, I believe he's trying to like overturn Roe versus Wade. You know, that's definitely something. Now I'm not a predictive astrologer, so I can't say I'm not the best person to ask, like, will that happen or will that not? But I think you're right to be continuing to look at that because obviously, you know, Saturn and Capricorn is law and order. I mean, especially in the first decade. Yeah. law and order. And as, as soon as Saturn entered Capricorn, it's when we started um, seeing all these Supreme Court nominees and things happening, coming through. And so, I mean, that is law and order. So we're still having to deal with, um, you know, what, what changes are we going to be seeing that may be affecting us for years to come that have to do with our Supreme Court and our laws? Yeah, yeah, because you know Saturn and Capricorn, it'll it'll stick <laughs> essentially. Um, and you know Jay Lee Layman did a nice uh, little write up on what she thought about the the chart of the moment when he was sworn in, uh, and it had a Pisces late degree Pisces rising. Um, and she she said that. It, it wasn't, she didn't think he was going to last that long. Um, and that his post, his post there is a set, will be shipwrecked and his may well be negative for the reputation of the court and likely chief justice Roberts will protect his authority. So I, I found solace in, in her write up, uh, in hopes that she is on to something there. Um, well, you so- know, I do remember reading recently that, yeah, is it, was it chief justice Roberts? One of the other, Supreme Court justices has ordered um, an extensive investigation into Kavanaugh's background or whatever. Uh, So yeah, it's looking like it's not over yet. Yes, exactly. And if anything, you know, I like to look at it as, yeah, that happened. And we, and a lot of us knew that that was going to happen. He was going to get that appointment, but what is it doing? It's continuing to feed the fire. It's fueling the flames, you know, that, that of, of change essentially, because I think, having those moments and feeling like things aren't panning out, especially as a woman, you know, what can you do next? Well, I can go vote. I can tell people to go vote. I can go, you know, pull my resources to the polls, <laughs> uh, in a sense. Um, so I think, I think in some backhanded way, it might be positive, but you know, only time will tell. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I'm noticing mm-hmm. is, um, you know, as we move into Scorpio season near the end of it, when the sun gets to the end of, uh, actually even really, depending on what orbs you use, but, um, yeah, probably about the third week of November, there will be, you know, quite a long, um, grand water trying with the sun, the North node, which will have just moved into cancer Mm -hmm. and Chiron and Pisces. Oh, mm-hmm. so this to me really speaks to, um, you know, the feminine is, you know, the North node in cancer, our collective, um, you know, need for community and belonging and nurturance. Um, and that trining the Chiron and Pisces our collective soul wounds, as well as the sun in Scorpio, which is illuminating, you know, the darkness, that sort of, that 
dark, dirty, festering crap that we still need to like reel <laughs> out and do yeah. something about. Yeah. yeah. And, and we all have it. We have it in the collective sphere when we're dealing with society and we all have it internally, you know, there, no one gets away from, you know, the gunk and the monk and the muck. And we're essentially moving through that our whole life to kind of shed those skins uh, over and over again um, into, you know, refreshed incarnations of, of ourself, especially emotionally. Um, so, you know, like, yeah, the season might be a little, but at the same time we are rebirthing in many ways. Um, I think so, but you, so to wrap it up here, I mean, do you have any little takeaways or some tips maybe on how to either work with this full moon or just Scorpio energy in general? Ooh, yeah. Um, like I said, I really see Scorpio, uh, Scorpio season, you know, just looking at this whole time, the sun being in Scorpio, because so much else is happening, but just the very basics looking at this transit of the sun in Scorpio and seeing that as an illumination of your soul, you know, your soul's purpose and your soul's need. And sometimes um, when we look at their subconscious, right, it's something that is beyond our consciousness and so to try to control it um the only way we can look at our and really connect with our subconscious is through things like um myth and symbols and dreams um and even art and music i mean anything that takes you out of sort of the linear thinking it's so important to be moving into this sort of liminal space um, this is a time of the ancestors coming through. I really, really believe that. And so connecting with, you know, we all have a community of ancestors that we are their legacy and we're here to live out a legacy for them. And I think this is such a perfect time when we've got Halloween, which, you know, we've turned into a party here in America, but, um, the next day is the day of the dead, which, mm-hmm. um, is, I, I hope we can take on more of that sort of um that symbolism where we honor the dead we honor our ancestors and all of those who have enabled us to have life because life springs forth from death like every day you know whether you're eating animals or plants or whatever you know it's it's other life that is fueling your life. Mm-hmm. And in some ways we are standing on the shoulders of our ancestors on giants, you know, on the gods. And so this is a season that we honor that. And whether it's through ritual or through prayer, it's a great time to be connecting with that because that connection is so much more palpable at this time. Mm, I love it. What a, what a fabulous way to end our little talk here. Oh my gosh. All right, Christina, thank you for all that wonderful information. Um, it's yes, yes. Great. Thank you so much, Melissa. (laughs) I so enjoyed it and um, love your podcast. I need to have you on my podcast soon on radio astrology podcast. Oh, well let's talk about that real quick. So where can people find you? What are you doing? I know you got a course coming up. Um, also tell people, tell people. Okay. So just quickly, um, well, you can find me on radiantastrology.com. I also have a podcast on iTunes, the radiant astrology podcast. I haven't done a weekly thing yet because it's kind of like when I have time. It's a lot of work. (laughs) It is. And I commend you for doing it every week and having the weather and having these deep conversations. I just really love it. Um, And you can also find me at the New Paradigm 
group. It's newparadigmastrology.com. And we just launched, well, actually the, the course starts October 25th. And so we just opened enrollment. Um, it's a four-part course called Astrology of the Soul. So it takes people from the very beginnings, the foundations of evolutionary astrology, which is part one, um, and then and focuses mostly on just getting sort of a general grasp of astrology and how the evolutionary astrology lineage fits into that. And we go deep with the archetypes and the elements. Um, and then we'll have three other parts that get more and more advanced. So you can either join the entire year-long course, or you can just start with our part one, which starts at the end of this month. And you can find that at newparadigmastrology.com. Lovely. And I will have all those links on my blog post as well. So just in case you didn't get that, uh, we'll make sure that you know how to get there. Um, oh, that's wonderful. So you're basically starting a course that will then be a more prolonged type of experience if you choose. Yeah. And you can, the, the great thing is like, if people want to do it live, then they can join us. And it's me and like six other astrologers. I mean, it's Sul Jonathan uh, from Norway. It's Ari Moshe Wolf. It's Maurice Fernandez, um, Kai Pacha Lesher, Tim Holleran. I mean, these are all like titans of evolutionary astrology. Yeah. You're like, I don't know how I got there. I just got lucky. But um, they are these major, like incredibly wise teachers. Um, and I'm, I'm lucky to share space with them, um, as well as Julia Simas from the CIA. She's going to actually be teaching about um, astronomy and sort of just getting the basics of the natal chart. And what we'll do is we'll teach it live, uh, which is great to do it live if you need sort of more of a handholding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we'll have recordings and people can always just buy the recordings and do it at their own pace. But if you want to be in a community and learn with others and have hands-on with the teachers, then you want to join us live. Perfect. And so that starts October 25th, correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, you heard her, you know, go check that out. And if you don't have time now, you can always come back to it later on as well. So that's a nice thing to have. All right. Well, where can you find me? Well, you can find me uh, at energeticprinciples.com and you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles, uh, where I post things of all types of nature all the time. (laughs) Um, And uh, if you like what you hear today, you know, spread it, spread the good word, you know, because sharing is caring. So uh, I would appreciate helping to get it out there a little bit more. And if you feel so inclined to leave a nice review on iTunes, I will take it. (laughs) Um, And so, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty other things. Oh, real quick. Before I forget, uh, we also, this is the last week or half week uh, to sign up for next week's uh, on-air reading with Juanita Benedicto from 12th House Readings. So if you're a patron of mine, uh, you have until the full moon at 9 a.m. on Wednesday. Uh, what day? What day is it? I should know. The 24th. Um, <laughs> to submit your question and your numbers and all that. And so good luck to anybody that is submitting. Um, that will be fun. We have a, next week we're doing a, a live on air reading, which is like astrology and tarot combined. So that'll be And then you, and one person wins it. One person wins it. And oh so my we'll, God. we'll be our guinea pig online or on air. Um, and I'm really excited. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. That's exciting. So yes. Yay. All right. Well, fabulous. Thank you again, Christina. I really appreciate your time. 
Thank you, Melissa. Have a happy full moon. Yes. And you out there have a happy full moon as well. And thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.